Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, Lord, for giving us life, protection, guidance. We thank you, Lord, for the temporal blessings you give to us and satisfying our physical needs. And we also thank you for the spiritual blessings that you give to us in preparing us to be in your kingdom. Dear Father, we are grateful for these things and we say glory be unto your name. Thank you, Lord. And the best way we can thank you is to give ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. And it's a challenge to do that in the present world in which we live. Of our own selves, we cannot do it. You have promised us that your word will sanctify us and that you will send forth your word, which is spirit and life to us. As we fellowship with you now, please bless us with your Holy Spirit and grant us the blessing of your word. As I speak, Lord, put your words in my lips that all of us who would listen will be inspired with power and grace to do your will. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, August 29 The Source of Wisdom Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding and give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. 1 Chronicles chapter 22 verse 12 In acquiring the wisdom of the Babylonians, Daniel and his companions were far more successful than their fellow students. But their learning did not come by chance. They placed themselves in connection with the source of all wisdom, making the knowledge of God the foundation of their education. In faith, they prayed for wisdom and they lived their prayers. They placed themselves where God could bless them. They avoided that which would weaken their powers and improved every opportunity to become intelligent in all lines of learning. They followed the rules of life that could not fail to give them strength of intellect. They sought to acquire knowledge for one purpose, that they might honor God. In order to stand as representatives of true religion amid the false religions of hedonism, they must have clearness of intellect and must perfect a Christian character. And God himself was their teacher. Constantly praying, conscientiously studying, keeping in touch with the unseen, they walked with God as did Enoch. True success in any line of work is not the result of chance or accident or destiny. It is the outworking of God's providences, the reward of faith and discretion, of virtue and perseverance. Fine mental qualities and a high moral tone are not the result of accident. God gives opportunities. Success depends upon the use made of them. His grace is given to work in us to will and to do, but never as a substitute for our effort. As the Lord cooperated with Daniel and his fellows, so he will cooperate with all who strive to do his will. 
and by the impartation of his spirit, he will strengthen every true purpose, every noble resolution. Those who walk in the path of obedience will encounter many hindrances. Strong, subtle influences may bind them to the world, but the Lord is able to render futile every agency that works for the defeat of his chosen ones. In his strength, they may overcome every temptation, conquer every difficulty. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Source of All Wisdom. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Daniel and his, I call them brothers actually, because they were all princes from the same lineage of David and they were, they were blessed with wisdom. But we left off yesterday looking at how Daniel proposed in his heart not to defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. In the book of Daniel 1 verse 8, we, we find that there and he also said he would not take the drink that was there. And it says that he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Going on, it says, And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear, my lord the king, who had appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse likened than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzah, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pause to eat. Pause here is referring to plant-based diet. Just that's what it is. And water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee. And the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of, end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Melzah took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink, and gave them pause. Now, the Bible concludes this in verse 17 by saying, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Amen. What was it that brought Daniel to this position where he had knowledge? It's not just spiritual things here, but talking of even in scientific stuff. Do you remember that when King Nebuchadnezzar requested for these princes from Israel, from Judah, he said specifically that the criteria should be that these children should know science. And you see here that the knowledge that God gave to Daniel is not just knowledge of spiritual things. The Lord blessed him with true knowledge of science, just like he blessed um, King Solomon. Now, the question we should be asking ourselves is, what is it that Daniel did? That we can do so that we can get what he got was it something he got by chance no we read in the book conflict and courage page 247 paragraph 2 let us take it one by one to understand how it was that these four children were blessed with knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and they had further than that understanding in all visions and dreams that is god gave them spiritual knowledge and also knowledge of temporal things 
how do we come to this position let's read it says they placed themselves in connection with the source of all wisdom who is the source of all wisdom god it says making the knowledge of god the foundation of their education so if the knowledge of god is not the foundation of our education we have missed the mark these four boys made the knowledge of god the foundation of their education then it says in faith they prayed for wisdom and they lived their prayer so they worked out their faith with fear and trembling going on it says they placed themselves where god could bless them they avoided that which would weaken their powers and improved every opportunity to become intelligent in all lines of learning these words are if I, if we unpack them we cannot finish it in one devotion what does it mean to improve yourself in all opportunities of learning to become intelligent in all lines of learning and also to avoid that which would weaken their powers that's what we're going to focus on how to connect ourselves with god today how can we get what daniel got I may not be able to go into every detail but one thing we're going to look at is this there is a way we can place ourselves where god can bless us we can place ourselves where we can improve our intellect it says they follow the rules of life that could not fail to give them strength of intellect they sought to acquire knowledge for one purpose so motive is another important thing that they might honor god so if we are to build it up We'll start with our motive. If you want to be like Daniel and his three brothers, you have to have the right motive. First of all, it must not be for self-exaltation. You must have a desire to honor God, a desire to bring glory to his name. Secondly, you have to place yourself in connection with God. And what does that mean? It means that you make the knowledge of God the foundation of your education. So having said, okay, I want to honor God, you don't go about saying, I will do what I can to honor him the way I want. And you'll be thinking presumptuously, this is the thing that we do to honor God. You know, in churches today, that's what people think. Oh, if you want to honor God, dance. If you want to honor... No, you need to listen to God. Let him tell you that this is how you honor me. Not you choosing for yourself how to honor God. So let us start now. Set your motive right as we are listening now. Decide in your heart, I will honor God. Maybe you are not motivated to honor God. I'll give you just a few reasons why you should be motivated to honor God. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins because he sees that we do not have life. And if Jesus did not die on the cross for you and me, where will we be? Secondly, in this present world, he does things to take care of us. He provides for us. Should this not be enough reason for us to make the, our motive, the desire to honor God, should, shouldn't be enough reason? I think it should, brothers and sisters. Let our fidelity, let our loyalty be to him and not to self. Remember King Saul. Remember King Saul. He had a desire to honor self. Let us not be like him. Let us first have that desire to honor God. Then, having had that, let us now set out to honor him the way he chooses to be honored, not the way we want to honor him. Because you can think like King Saul, that you kill lambs and kill fatted cows and that is what honors God and burnt offerings and all of that. No. Let God show you how. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God says, if you want to honor me, you must make the knowledge of me the foundation of your education do you know god you now need to study your bible daniel and his brothers studied the bible to know god what does it mean to know god 
the Bible says that it is the keeping of the commandments of God. First John chapter 2, reading from verse 3 and 4, it says, Hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And then, this knowledge of God brings eternal life. John 17 verse 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Amen. So, we are following step by step. Firstly, desire to honor God. Secondly, make the knowledge of God the foundation of your education. And the knowledge of God means that you study his commandments. And then, thirdly now, pray in faith for wisdom. And then, live out your prayers. What does it mean to live out your prayers? That is, the knowledge of God you have acquired try to live it out but remember that you must back it up with prayer because we do not have the strength for that then go into the next step place yourself where god can bless you that's the next thing and what does this mean it means that we order ourselves in a way that will make it easy for god to reach us easy for him to speak to us and what does that mean avoid that which weakens your powers and improve every opportunity to become intelligent in all lines of learning follow the rules of life that will not fail to give you strength of intellect and then do all of this for the purpose of honoring god in order to stand as representatives of true religion amid false religions of hedonism we must have clearness of intellect and must perfect a christian character amen and make god our teacher i'm all reading all this from conflict and courage page 247 paragraph 2 constantly praying conscientiously studying keeping in touch with the unseen we must walk with god as did enoch end of quote so repetition deepens impression and i want to repeat the steps that we must take if we must be like daniel firstly we must have a motive to honor god secondly we must make god the foundation of our education that is how you must honor him not choosing your own way of honoring him thirdly back up prayer with a practice of what you have learned concerning god work walk in the lines of what you have learned and pray that god will bless you thirdly place yourself where god can bless you by avoiding that which will weaken your powers and improve all opportunities to become intelligent in all lines of learning then this means that we follow the rules of life which is what we are going to talk about today we have already established what makes us wise it is the commandments of god you can see in deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 5 to 8 we saw that yesterday that god said it is his commandments that will be our wisdom and our understanding now in daniel 1 verse 17 the result of all these steps is given as for these four children god gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams now this was the reward of obedience daniel is later described he listened to this description of daniel daniel 4 verse 8 this is when nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him and he wanted to know the interpretation of that dream and here how he described daniel he says but at last daniel came in before me whose name was belteshazzar according to the name of my god and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods these people looked at daniel like one god why because of the display of spirituality 
and intelligence that came from him. Again, in Daniel 5 verse 11, this may have been Nebuchadnezzar's wife here who was the queen at the time. She described Daniel and said, There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Amen. It is a fact that the spirit of God does dwell in humans just as Nebuchadnezzar and the queen described. But there are things that must be done in order for the spirit of God to dwell in us. It is not without reason that the Bible doesn't necessarily mention Daniel studying his Bible in Daniel chapter 1. It doesn't mention Daniel praying. It doesn't mention Daniel necessarily being someone that uh, had so much spirituality. Not that he didn't have these things, but you don't see it in Daniel chapter 1. It doesn't actually mention it. But one thing is mentioned, Daniel's way of taking care of his body based on what he chose to eat and what he chose not to eat and god then made a connection that because of what he chose to eat and what not to eat and generally how he chose to take care of his body that god blessed him and his brothers with wisdom in all learning you cannot say that it doesn't have anything to do with his choice in not defiling his body why Daniel is described as one in whom the Spirit of God dwells fully, almost. That's how they looked at it. I mean, like uh, for, for, for Nebuchadnezzar to call him Belteshazzar, he's looking at him like this man who the Spirit of the gods dwells in. Do you know you can have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? Yes, you can, just like Daniel. But we must fulfill the conditions. Place yourself where God can bless you. The Bible has told us clearly. And if you say you go against it, then you won't get the results. The Bible tells us clearly in the book of 1 Corinthians 6 verse 15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of Harlot? Then verse chapter 3 verse 16 says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Verse 17, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Amen. God's Spirit wants to dwell in us as it dwelt in Daniel, but it cannot. He cannot dwell in just anyone. There are conditions to be fulfilled. We must place ourselves where God can bless us. He does not leave us in the dark as to what these conditions are. So what are the conditions? Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. Was Nebuchadnezzar wrong to say that God was dwelling in Daniel? No, God himself said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Let's not think lightly of this thing. Just imagine God dwelling in me, God dwelling in you. What a high privilege. It is something that we should covet. It is something that we should prize highly and having gotten it, do not let anything come between you and this most exalted experience of God dwelling in me as his temple and he dwelling in you and he having you as his temple high privilege is there any greater privilege there is in this world 
than for you and I to be a temple of the living God where he dwells in? I don't think so. And look at the condition. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. God says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. God is not going to dwell in just anyone. He gives the conditions. Firstly, come out from among them. Secondly, be ye separate. Then thirdly, touch not the unclean thing. You see, this matter of unclean thing is what people don't like to hear. Whether you like it or not, God has spoken. Touch not the unclean thing. For those who don't like to hear Old, uh, Old Testament stuff, this is New Testament. Some people think that this whole thing about unclean things has been done away with. But here, we hear God saying, touch not the unclean thing. Who is to define what unclean thing is and what unclean thing is not? It is God. It's not me. It is not you. It is he who will tell us what is the unclean thing that he's referring to that we should not touch, which if we do not touch, he will dwell in us. Even in this New Testament era, the Bible still enjoins upon us the duty to keep our bodies clean and undefiled. And there is no better person to tell us what makes the body clean or unclean than God himself to understand the effect of uncleanness. I'm not telling you what it is yet. Firstly, just see the effect of uncleanness and how it affects the presence or dwelling of God in our, in our body temples. Leviticus 7 verse 21 says, Moreover, the soul that touch any unclean thing. Remember it's Corinthians I read earlier. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. God himself said, touch not the unclean thing. Leviticus 7 verse 21 says, Moreover, the soul that touch any unclean thing, as the uncleanness of man or uncleanness be unclean beast, or any abominable unclean thing, and eat the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings which pertain, pertain unto the Lord, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. Cut, what does it mean to be cut off? That means you lose the connection. Not that God is going to kill you, not that anybody is going to stone you to death. God is saying that you will be cut off. There are things you do that makes the Spirit of God to go away. Look at another one in Deuteronomy 23, verse 12 to 14. It says, Thou shalt have a place without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad, and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be, when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. What does God say? I will turn away if I see unclean things in the environment. Not just inside you, in the environment. So if we want God to dwell in us, we have a duty to our environment and we do something we'll talk about that in subsequent devotions but for now we want to talk about our body how to keep the body in a condition where god can dwell in us one way that we see that god can dwell in us is that we must follow the laws of what it means to keep yourself clean because god says do not touch any unclean thing then i will receive you this was how daniel was received he did not just say oh i want to honor god then i will do what i like he had to follow the rules and he made the choice i will not eat anything that will defile me we had already we have already seen in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 that god is dwelling in us and if we defile our body temple then he will destroy us and not only that he cannot dwell in us when we make ourselves unclean that is second corinthians 6 verse 17 he cannot dwell in us if we make ourselves unclean so let us go now step by step into the word of god to understand what it is that makes us unclean
In the book of Leviticus 11 verse 2 to 4, there God said that we should not eat things that are unclean, the animals that are unclean. An example here says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which you shall eat among the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parted the hoof and is cloven-footed and cheweth the cord among the beasts that shall ye eat. Nevertheless, this you shall not eat, them that chew the cord, of the, or of them that divide the hoof as the camel, because he chewed the cord but divided not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. Now, the point I want to make from here is that there are animals that are unclean. But apart from the fact that there are some animals that are unclean, you can talk about, if you go and read the whole of Leviticus 11, you will see that there is fish that is clean and the one that's not clean, there's the birds that are clean and the ones that are not clean. But people stop here and they fall short. This is not the only thing the Lord has said. The Lord also said that we should not eat any abominable thing. Deuteronomy 14 verse 3. Now, has it changed? Are there things that are not ab- that are now not abominable? No, things that are abominable are still abominable because God said in the book of Second Corinthians 16 verse 17, touch not the unclean things. Some people think that things have stopped being unclean. No, things are still unclean. That's the animals. There are many of them that are still unclean. And going further, even the ones that God said were clean. Hear what he said concerning them in the book of Leviticus 17, verse 10 to 14. He said, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. In verse 12, he then says, Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Then verse 14 says, For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, You shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of the flesh is in the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Do you see that word again? cut off. What is that cut off? He's not saying I'm going to kill you or telling the children of Israel to judge the person and kill you, but no, you are going to be cut off. You are not going to place yourself in connection with God. It defiles the body. Now, in the book of First Samuel chapter 14, verse 32 to 34, this incident happened when King Saul's army started to eat with the blood. Verse 32 says, somebody came and reported to King Saul that the people ate with the blood. Then they told Saul, saying, the people sin against the Lord. Some people always want to answer, ask the question, is it a sin to eat blood? Well, what does the Bible say? First Samuel 14, verse 33, they told Saul, saying, the people sin against the Lord, in that they eat with the blood. And Saul said, You have transgressed. Roll a great stone unto me this day. Now, some of us, we are even King Saul, may have a better perception than ourselves. King Saul understood that to eat with the blood was still a sin. How about you? And how about now in the New Testament? Is it wrong? Yes. Remember that it's the Holy Spirit that wants to dwell in us. And hear what the Holy Spirit said for him to dwell in us. Acts 15, verse 28 and 29. For it is it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you unto who now the holy ghost it seemed good to the holy ghost to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things necessary is the word in other words if you want the holy spirit dwelling you these are the things you must do it is necessary that you do this verse 29 abstain from meat offered to idols which daniel did and from blood as we have seen just now that we are not to eat blood and from things strangled and from fornication 
from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare ye well. Do you remember we read earlier that you should not make yourself one with a harlot because the Spirit of God is dwelling in you? Everything said here are things that we must do in order for the Spirit of God to dwell in us. If you believe that you should abstain from fornication, then it's in the same level as eating things sacrificed to idols or eating blood or things strangled. What does this strangled mean? It's there's instruction from the word of God in Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 21 that says you shall not eat of anything that dies of itself. What does it mean? That is diseased flesh. Now that we have all the criteria, the criteria for what we should do to our body, first of all, we are reading here also that we should not even as much as uh, go into fornication because it takes away the spirit of God. We'll talk about that in subsequent devotions. Also, we read that we should avoid any unclean animals. But even the clean ones, they should not be diseased and you should not take the blood. Now, if you look at the animals that we have around us today, a lot of them are diseased. But this is the reason why you see in Daniel's condition, he didn't say give me clean animals. He said give me a plant-based diet. Amen. Conflict and Courage, page 247, paragraph 3 says, True success in any line of work is not the result of chance or accident or destiny. It is the outworking of God's providences, the reward of faith and discretion, of virtue and perseverance. Fine mental qualities and high moral tone are not the result of accident. God gives opportunities. Success depends upon the use made of them. End of quote. Now, Daniel and his brothers chose to follow all these instructions I listed out. They did not even subsist on the animal-based diet. So all these laws I gave did not even concern them because they are not even eating animals to start with. They were subsisting on the plant-based diet. Secondly, they did not involve themselves in fornication. They were eunuchs, remember? So that one out of the way. They couldn't enter into fornication and when it comes to the matter of taking care of the body oh my they took care of that very well tell me why the spirit of god will not dwell in them especially when you understand that they already set their hearts with the motive to honor god and they place themselves now where god could bless them true success is no accident if you follow these same things that daniel and his brothers did we will get the same results they did not defile themselves now one thing we read is that they kept themselves in connection with the source of all wisdom. How do we do that? Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Second Corinthians 6 verse 16 says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and will walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my people. How does God dwell in us? Where in us does he dwell? You see, the temple of God that was in Jerusalem was a type of the body. Because when God says you are a temple, he also built a temple in Israel. And if you look at that temple, it's a miniature example of what our body is. The way that temple was treated. If you study the activities and arrangement, it gives us an example of what the body is like. Where in our bodies does the spirit of God dwell? God dwelt not in the outer court of the temple or the holy place, but he dwelt in the most holy place because the temple was divided into three places, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. Where was God's dwelling place in that temple? It was in the most holy place. 
this is where the ark of god is the ark contained the moral law the ten commandments on top of this ark was the shekinah glory which symbolized the presence of god himself inside the ark was also the pot of manna which represented the angels food and that plant-based diet they held sustaining food that kept the children of god through their pilgrim journey now what does this mean for us god speaks to us not from the outer court of the skin of our bodies and all the visible all that, all that is visible to the naked eyes neither does he dwell in the holy place of the organs like our stomach or hands or liver a kidney and the rest of the organs inside the body but he dwells in the most holy place of our mind our brain this is the most holy place in the body temple and that is where the holy spirit dwells and that's why we are told proverbs 4 verse 23 keep that heart that your mind keep it with all diligence out of it that mind are the issues of life reading from councils for the church page 101 paragraph 1 it says the brain nerves which communicate with the entire system are the only underline that word only only medium through which heaven can communicate to man and affect his inmost life whatever disturbs the circulation of the electric currents in the nervous system lessens the strength of the vital powers and the result is a deadening of the sensibilities of the mind end of quote so what does this teach us if we must have the spirit of god dwelling in us we must refrain from doing anything that will disturb the mind and fine sensibilities of the brain nerves we must keep our minds and whole bodies diligently because that is what determines the issues of life it determines who dwells in us this is what these four boys did that others didn't do so why were they outstanding they all had their brains and equally their body parts kept for the dwelling of god that is where they stood out there was something they did differently it was not by chance in the book of matthew 12 verse 35 jesus said a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bring it forth evil things amen so what is it that brings forth good or evil out of us it depends on what you put in and what you put into your body matters not because the thing itself is bad or good but because of the effect it is going to have on your brain on your mind take alcohol for example does it defile the body of course it does you know some people who want to open to that passage where jesus said it is not what you put in that defiles you but it is what comes out but you don't understand what he's trying to say he's trying to say the result of what you put in is what will show whether you are defiled or not alcohol what does it do what does marijuana do what does methamphetamine do to the body when they take it is it what not what you put in that defiles oh if you look at it technically what is it that is defiling us it is sin but there are things that we do to our body that will bring about certain sin and i'm using these extreme examples alcohol is put into the mouth methamphetamines put into the mouth drugs and i mean cocaine put into the mouth but what is it that comes out after putting it into the mouth it is that which defiles you so also to another degree the lord said do not touch these unclean things which all these drugs are mentioned are unclean things even though you don't see them in the word of god but based on the result of it it is unclean and based on the result of eating that animal based diet it 
becomes unclean because it doesn't place us in a position where the Spirit of God can dwell in us. It will bring out evil things from us. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 69, paragraph 3 says, The brain is the capital of the body, the seat of all the nervous forces and of mental action. The nerves proceeding from the brain control the body. By the brain nerves, mental impressions are conveyed to all the nerves of the body as by telegraph wires and they control the vital action of every part of the system. All the organs are governed by the communications they receive from the brain." End of quote. Now, it is not just the organs of the body that uh, the, the brain that con- controls the organs of the body, but the organs also have a sympathy with the brain. And remember that we read in Councils for the Church, page 101, paragraph 1, that whatever disturbs the circulation of the electric currents of the nervous system lessens the strength of the vital powers and the result is a deadening of the sensibilities. So we need to ask ourselves the question, what are the things that could disturb the brain? Mind, Character and Personality, Volume 2, page 392, paragraph 2 says, The health of the body is to be regarded as essential for growth in grace and the acquirement of an even temper. If the stomach is not properly cared for, the formation of an upright moral character will be hindered. The brain nerves are in sympathy with the stomach. Erroneous eating and drinking results in erroneous thinking and acting. Amen. Just as much as the Spirit of God dwells in our mind, it doesn't mean that the other parts of the body are not to be taken care of. They are supposed to be taken care of because they influence the state of the mind. And that's what we just read now concerning the stomach. If the stomach is not properly taken care of and you eat and drink erroneously, it will have its effect on the mind and God will not be able to communicate with us the way he wants to. Councils on Diets and Foods, page 109, paragraph 3 says, The stomach is closely related to the brain and when the stomach is diseased, the nerve power is called from the brain to the aid of the weakened digestive organs. When these demands are too frequent, the brain becomes congested. When the brain is constantly taxed, and there is lack of physical exercise. Even plain food should be eaten sparingly. At mealtime, cast off care and anxious thought. Do not feel hurried, but eat slowly and with cheerfulness and with your heart filled with gratitude to God for all his blessings. End of quote. So, once more, we are seeing that if our stomach is diseased, it affects the nerve power of our brains. Page 140, paragraph 1 of the same councils on diet and food says, Some may ask, what has this to do with board meetings? Very much. The effects of wrong eating are brought into council and board meetings. The brain is affected by the condition of the stomach. A disordered stomach is productive of a disordered, uncertain state of mind. A diseased stomach produces a diseased condition of the brain and often makes one obstinate in maintaining erroneous opinions. The supposed wisdom of such a one is foolishness with God." So what have we seen so far? That our minds must be kept in connection with God. But if we do things that will not, that will compromise the power of the mind, we cannot be in connection with God. And I use those extreme examples like alcohol and, and methamphetamines and cocaine. Can, can the Spirit of God dwell in someone who is taking those drugs? Certainly not, because the body has been defiled by them. But as much as you agree with that, you don't have to argue with the Word of God when He says 
that for example if you take diseased flesh into your body God said the spirit of God not dwell in you you are to be his temple and he said touch not the unclean thing will you believe him you see this matter of what to eat is always a trouble for many some even go as far as eating the things that the Bible even condemns as unclean not to talk of the clean ones and then eating them with the blood and eating them when they are diseased that's another case the unclean ones never pork meat for example camel donkey and many other animals that do not qualify even the world today is promoting the idea and it is true proven scientifically that if we must keep ourselves physically healthy and mentally healthy we should avoid eating animals altogether especially when you cannot keep it in the way the lord has said the animal kingdom is diseased today they are filled with a lot of humors and bacteria that no matter how you take care of them it is difficult to have them clean enough to eat not that i'm saying that god will not dwell in you at all but you must place yourself in the best condition to honor him and the best you can do if it is possible around you is to subsist on the plant-based diet because that keeps your mind clearer and opens there's one man who said animal-based diet blocks your arteries a plant-based diet opens your arteries it keeps your body in a better condition so that you can serve god and honor him and we have also read that we must also pray and live in line with what we have gained concerning the knowledge of god which is his commandments so daniel and his brothers were not just some new age plant-based diet people who do not recognize god no while it was that they were following the law of health they still were connected with God by making the knowledge of God the foundation of their education. That means they must keep the commandments of God because First John chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 says the knowledge of God is to keep his commandments. Then we also saw that in placing themselves where God could bless them, they received all wisdom. And if you want to receive wisdom from the Lord, place yourself where the Lord will bless you. And I've not finished talking about it. We'll keep talking about how to place ourselves where the Lord can bless us. In other words, place ourselves where the Spirit of God can dwell in us like he dwelt in Daniel. Today, one way we can do that that I'm talking about and emphasizing is the matter of diet. We should subsist in a plant-based diet and we'll talk later on other things that we can do to place ourselves where the Lord can bless us and where we can communicate with him freely and receive instructions from him that it may be said of us or not even if it's not said it may be seen in us that the Spirit of God dwells in us will you listen to God as he's telling you touch not the unclean thing so that I can dwell in you will you listen to him when he says avoid fornication so that I can dwell in you will you listen to him when he says do not eat blood so that I can dwell in you. And remember that is from Acts 15 verse 28 and 29. Lest you say it's an Old Testament stuff. No. God says avoid things sacrificed to idols. Stay away from blood and diseased flesh. Strangled animals. Animals are diseased today. If you do this you will do well. Will you listen? If you don't then it is no wonder that you see a world destitute of the spirit of God. We see human beings destitute of the Spirit of God. Oh, I want to be Daniel. I want to be Daniel. People give birth to their children and they call them Daniel. But will you do the things that Daniel did to become Daniel? Many want to be Daniel, but they don't want to make the sacrifices that Daniel made. He avoided fornication. He was an Enoch. 
he avoided the animal based diet he prayed he was one who made the, the knowledge of god the foundation of his education and he sought to honor god do you want to be like daniel like shadrach meshach and abednego then if you fall short of these criteria you cannot be like daniel may the lord bless us at least to learn this one today subsequently we'll talk about other things but may the lord bless you and convince you of this matter that you will do what it takes to have the spirit of god dwelling in you in these last days where we so need the spirit of god more than ever let us pray dear lord in heaven thank you for these lessons that you've taught us today as your children have been listening i'm sure your spirit is talking to them and i pray lord renew us in our convictions to do exactly as daniel did and for those who have never made these convictions i pray lord that you will help them to take that giant step and get the results and the reward of obedience it is not by chance we have learned and we must make the sacrifices lord convict their souls and their hearts to make these changes that we may get the reward of obedience and help us lord not to have selfish motives but to have that motive to honor you in jesus name i've prayed amen Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments.
Turn away my eyes from blue.